Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Well, good morning once again. As always, it is an honor and privilege to have the opportunity to share with our church family. Uh, But before I get started, I have a confession to make. Um, You know, when I opened up, I said, that stinking groundhog. So so I got an issue. I I, I don't like anything that looks like a rodent. I don't like bunnies. I don't like gerbils. I don't like groundhogs. They just, they're nasty. I, I don't. I don't like them, and so that's why I said stinking groundhog, okay? The fact that we depend on our groundhog, that's, that's a whole other issue, so. <laughs> you know, uh, for those of you who don't me, know me, um, uh, I am the adults pastor here at the, the church, and uh, I have the privilege of leading a great group of people in all, offering all of the groups and classes that we have here on campus. I also lead the group that is oversees our counseling here, and our pastoral care. And um, over the years, one of the things that I found is, is lot, there are a lot of people dealing with a lot of different things. Um, in the classes, when they come to us for counseling, when we go and see them in their last moments in the hospitals, um, anything and everything from those people contemplating or going through a divorce or separation, uh, people needing uh, touch from God in their bodies because they're dealing with sickness and disease that's ravaging their bodies or, or maybe even in their minds. Uh, people struggling in the area of uh, addiction uh, of many types and, and also those areas where people are dealing with mental health things. We deal with a lot of different issues and uh, we don't take it lightly. We feel like God's entrusted everyone that comes into our care uh, to us and we pray over them and we believe that God, God can uh, turn those situations around. But it's, it's interesting to me that a lot of times the question I get is, is why is God allowing this to happen to me? And, you know, guys, to be honest with you, the scripture is plain to us. It, it, it's clear to us. It, it says this in um, Psalm 34, 19. It says, many are the hardships and perplexing circumstances that confront the righteous, but the Lord rescues him from them all. Who are the righteous? We're the righteous. The scripture says many. That means a lot. That means it's not just a one-time thing. That in this walk, in this life, we're going to have troubles, we're going to have trials, we're going to have tribulations, we're going to have things that come at us again and again and again and again. But this morning, I want you to hear me now. Don't focus on the many. Focus on the fact that we have a promise from God that the Lord will deliver us from them all. Our Lord, he's going to deliver us from them all. And so we have to look at these things as a setback. And guys, can I tell you, don't allow your setback to keep you from your comeback and, be, and, 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 and you end up missing out on what God has for you in this life. There's always a comeback. You know, I either get on people's nerves or people like me. 
Why? Because I consider myself a hope dealer, right? It doesn't matter what you're going through. I'm always going to point you back to what the scriptures say and what God says. My motto is this. Everything is subject to change with God. No matter what it is you're dealing with, God can turn it around. God will turn it around. But in that, I found myself in a season of self-reflection. And um, if I'm honest with all of you, this is my confessional this morning, I found myself at times pursuing the things that God provides us and not pursuing him. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we can get off and we're going solely after the provision and not the provider. Sometimes the only time we think about God is when we need a healing and we're not going after the healer. What I've come to know and come to find out is if I pursue him, everything else comes with it. I had to take myself back to my early days. And in my early days, I was living foul. I was not following the Lord, but something happened. The man in my life who I looked up to, who I admired, who I had, who had uh, um, just, he, he, he could do no wrong in my eyes. He was living in the Houston area, going to Lakewood Church, and God changed his life. This man, I grew up, and, and I, I wanted to follow him. Why? Because he had all the nice cars. He had all the beautiful women. He had money. He was just living the life. And I looked up to this guy, but one day he showed up in San Antonio, and something was different. He had an encounter with God. There was something in the way he talked, in the way he walked, in the way he processed. There was something about him that I couldn't shake. And what happened was a spark went off in the, on the inside of me and I didn't pursue the things. I wanted to know the God who changed this man's world. Later on in life, I had people around me who dealt with sicknesses and, and disease. And for me, that always meant that they only have a short time. But I started going to the church that, that this man opened up and began to lead. And I began to hear about God's healing mercies. And I saw with my own eyes, someone diagnosed with stage four cancer get healed and live the next 10 years strong. That sparked something on the inside of me. It wasn't about the healing, it was who is this God that would do this? And it caused me to pursue him. I believe the answer that we're all looking for, no matter what it is that we're dealing with, is Jesus. It starts with him and it ends with him. And if we will just go back to the basics, we will find the answers that we need for all that ails us, guys. Why? Because I've come to know that he's faithful, that he's no respecter of persons, and that if we'll come up close and get to know him, he will change any and every situation. You know, I'm reminding several years ago, and, and I, I don't know why I tell all these stories on myself, but anyways, several years ago, uh, when we first moved here to the Houston area, you know, we were... Uh, in a big, huge change. It was overwhelming for my family. And so I wanted to do something special for my wife. And so my wife 
her parents at the time were living in Georgia. And I don't know if you've ever been to Georgia, but there is nothing like a Georgia peach. I'm a Texas boy through and through. I thought Texas had the best peaches. I have to admit, Georgia's has the best peaches I've ever tasted in my entire life. Like I think they're connected to the vine in heaven or something because they're, they're just that sweet. But we brought home this case of peaches. And I thought, I got the idea because I, I, I watched the Food Network. So I said, you know what? I'm going to bake my wife a peach pie. And so I watched the program that day. I wrote down every ingredient and I watched it again and I made sure I got everything right. And so then my wife was out. I think she was up here at the church volunteering. I began to bake and I've never baked before in my life, but I was determined that I was going to do this. And so I put every ingredient in the mixture and I began to cut the peaches up and I began to put it all together. And, and guys, I don't brag a lot about myself, but I could tell you what, man, this pie was on point. It looked good. It, it, it was perfect. I had the crust right. Um, all the, the peaches were in there and then I put it in the oven. And at the time my kids were younger and after about 30 minutes, the smell, the sweet smell of peach began to permeate our entire house. And the kids started coming out of their rooms and now they're salivating. They're like, I want some pie. I want some pie. And I was like, no, baby, this is for your mom. You have to wait until mom gets her pie. And you know, I'm just in my head playing out what this is going to do. You know, my wife's going to come in, I'm going to give her her pie. And you know what, that's going to carry me for the next several months, you know, and she, I'm not going to be able to do anything wrong in her eyes. So the oven dings and I pull the pie out. And can I tell you, this pie was perfect. Like nothing was out of place. It was that golden brown that you see on TV. And I was like, nailed it. I put that pie and I put it on the oven. And right around that time, the door opened and it was my wife. She walked in, I ran up and I was like, hey, before you say anything, I took everything out of her hand, grabbed her hand, pulled her over to the table, sat her down, walked over to the pie, cut out a piece of pie. And can I tell you, it came out perfect. Like nothing fell apart. It came out perfect. I put it on the plate, gave her a fork and me and the kids are kind of leaning in, just waiting for her to take that first bite. She looked at me and she said, oh man, this is nice. She smiled, took her fork. She dug in, put it in her mouth. Her eyes got big. She stood up, ran into the restroom and began to spit the pie out. She's like, what did you do? And my heart like just sank at that time. I said, I don't know what I did. I followed everything. I got all the ingredients. And I said, I did the peaches. I, I did a dash of sugar. I put a cup of salt. And I said, uh, a cup, cup of salt. Yeah, I messed up. I put more of the wrong thing and less of the right thing, and the outcome was not what I wanted. Guys, how many times in our lives do we put the wrong things in, more of it, and less of the right thing? Like, we come to church, pastor preaches a message on faith, and you're like, well, I believe God can do that. But Monday through Saturday, we talk doubt, unbelief, woe is me, why me, why me? We need more faith. We need greater faith. We need greater faith, not in the thing, but greater faith in the one. Does that make sense, guys? And so this morning, I want to share a story with you, one of my favorite stories. It's found in the book of Luke from the seventh chapter. It says, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a certain servant, a centurion servant, who his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent his elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal the servant. 
When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. He said, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I love the passage in Matthew, the same story in Matthew, the eighth chapter. In verse 13, Jesus actually turns and said, be it done unto you as you have believed. What do you believe about the Father? What do you believe? Well, I believe that what we hear and know about Jesus is very important. We have to know him and who he really is. Do you know him as a savior? Do you know him as a healer? Do you know him as a believer or as, as, a, as, a, as a provider? We have to know that. And not only do we have to know that, we have to believe those things about him. You see, we can get off and we can listen to messages and influencers and other people and they say, stand for your healing. But how about stand for the healer? They tell you, stand for that abundance, stand for that provision, call it in. How about go after the provider because he'll meet your every need. In fact, he'll bless you so much that you'll then become a blessing. But we have to go after him and not what he can do for us. Let's be honest. None of us really want to be in a relationship when the only reason the other party's in the relationship, it's about what they can get from us. And if that doesn't work for us, why do we think it will work for God? We ought to want to get up close to the Lord, get to know who he is, and begin believing and living our lives like we believe those things. And what I found, when that happens, your life changes. When the hardships come, when the trials come, they don't shake you like you used to. Why? Because you know, God always comes through. He's the healer. He's my provider, and he's my savior. The centurion knew that Jesus had authority over sickness and disease. Why? Because he heard it. He internalized it. He believed it. And I love this because when we read the passage, in verse 2 it says, his servant was sick and about to die. His servant was sick and about to die. But did he give up? No. Because he knew this falls right in what the Jesus is able to do because he's a healer, that he has authority over sickness and disease. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Look at your neighbor this morning and tell him all things are possible with God. Now look at the other neighbor and say it like you mean it. Say all things are possible with God. Do you believe all things are possible with God? Yes. Do you believe all things are possible with God no matter the diagnosis? Yes. Do you believe all things are possible with God when you get the foreclosure notice? Oh, yes. 
Do you think all things are possible with God when your kids lose their mind and act a fool? That's real talk. All things are possible with God. Covers everything. We have to hear it. We have to internalize it. And we have to believe it. Why? Because God is who the Bible says he is. We have to pursue him, guys. And when we pursue him, our lives will turn around. The centurion knew that Jesus, when he spoke, things changed. The blind saw, the lame walked, and those who were bound by unclean spirits were set free. He knew the words that came out of the mouth of Jesus carried weight. The word that comes out of the mouth of Jesus carries weight. The word that we hold in our hands, that's on our devices, that we read week after week, day after day, carries weight. That when Jesus speaks, he doesn't speak in a time long ago, that he still speaks today. And when he speaks, he speaks over you and I, and his word carries weight, and it can change any and every situation. That's why Pastor Allen is always encouraging us, not because he's in charge and he's trying to boss everybody around, not because he's just come up with this. No, he knows the word of God carries weight, and that if we will simply develop a discipline in our lives to where we prioritize the word of God above everything else, and we get involved uh, in a relationship with Jesus and begin to read the word of God, guys, let me tell you, your life will change. It will change. The word of God carries enough weight to push away anything and everything that the enemy would bring against you. But we got to build our faith. If we want that great faith, we've got to build our faith. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, because early on in my walk with God, I was not a reader, I had to tell myself this, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Why? Because first off early on, I thought, hey, I read this week, I'm going to go tell pastor, I'm going to get a gold star. It ain't about that. God wants us to grow our faith. He wants us to have great faith because when we have great faith, it means we are connected with him. We've bought into him. We believe in him. And then all that he is and all that he has begins to operate in our lives and flow into our lives. And so we have to be intentional about staying in this, getting in the word of God, getting the word of God on the inside of us. How does that happen? Reading the Bible, reading the devotions. How does that happen? Listening to the word of God, coming to church. You know, I, I love the fact, you know, I used to think my grandmother and my mother were just mean because it didn't matter what I had going. I missed basketball games. I missed a lot of things because like no church. You know, my grandmother basically said, the only way you're not going to church is if you're dead. <laughs> and I just thought that was mean. And now as a father and you know, all of my kids are older, but I have two living at home in their twenties, but I don't care. They're in my house. And in my house, we go to church. I have a 27-year-old in Dallas, and I don't care. You're in Dallas, but you're my son. You're going to church. <laughs> so I become the mean one. And what has happened? We're putting ourselves in an environment where we're hearing the word of God. 
And it's building our faith time and time again. I've had my kids countless times when they didn't want to come and they came anyways, something happens in their life and they're like, man, that was that scripture that we talked about in service. That really helped me in th- when I was dealing with this. And I'm like, yeah, light bulb. God knows what he's talking about. If that's not enough, then I encourage you to plug into a group or a class. Why? Because what happens in the service just carries on in those groups and classes. We build upon it. It's building blocks. Don't stop there. When you go home, listen to the word of God. Make it a discipline. And then don't stop there. Change your speech. Begin to speak what you're learning. Why? Because that power that resides in the word of God, there's something about the spoken word. When you begin to speak God's word over your situation, guess what? There's a promise in the Bible. The Bible says that the word of God, it doesn't return void, but it accomplishes for the very purpose and intent that it was sent. The spoken word of God. Guys, if you don't see what God says, begin to speak over it. If what you see doesn't line up with the word of God, Begin to speak the word of God over it and watch what happens. Hebrews 11.11 says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was just past the age since since she considered him faithful who had promised. I love this. Why? Because Sarah was older than dirt, right? Like the Bible says that she and Abraham are 199. Like they were old, past the years of childbearing. In fact, the Bible says that when, the Lord, when God spoke over them, she laughed. But something happened between the time she laughed and the time she conceived. She made a shift. And she began to believe that, you know what, there is nothing impossible with God. She came up close to him and began to internalize who he was on the inside. And her body was able to conceive and bear a child. And so this morning, I want to challenge you in this. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. Why? Because it's what you know of God that will make a difference in your life. Take the limits off. I would not be standing here today if we stayed limited in San Antonio, where we're from. We were in a season of life where we lost everything. Everything. My wife at the time was so much stronger spiritually Because can I be honest with you? I was angry. I was angry at the church. I was angry at my family. I was angry at my wife. I was angry at everybody. But then one day, I think I had a quiet moment. I stopped complaining. And on the inside, and I know it was the enemy, do you really believe God is who he says he is? And I had to answer. I had had to answer that. And internally, I thought, yes, he is. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is my victory. He is the one that can make crooked places straight, turn everything around. And he is the one that can make the impossible possible. And as I began to pull up close and spend time with him, not not about what I could get from him, but just to spend time with the Lord, to reacquaint myself with him, something began to happen. My faith began to grow. My heart began to soften. 
And everything that comes with being in a relationship with God began to happen. We lost our home. I still remember the address. I still remember the, I still have the paperwork from when they put it on our door and said foreclosed. You have X amount of days to get out. And all of a sudden, God began to unfold things. I went from managing in San Antonio in a smaller facility to moving to Houston in a larger facility. I went to having a deficit financially to God tripling my salary in a matter of of months. I went from being angry and not plugged in and not wanting to go to church to finding the Ark Church. I went from giving up on being involved and, and being a part of ministry to God opening the door, restoring me, and finding a place of ministry for me. What happened? I, I, I moved up close to the Lord. I spent time in his word, and my faith began to grow. And I began to look beyond my circumstances, beyond my situation, and all that God is began to affect my life. Our response to what we hear and know is important. Why? Because we pursue what we believe in. We go after and we get aggressive about what we believe in. The centurion internalized and he meditated on what he heard. Obviously, the centurion, he served Caesar. So he wasn't following Jesus around. But he was hearing all these things about Jesus going about healing all who were sick and oppressed. He's hearing this. And at some point, he began to internalize it. He began to meditate on the fact that Jesus was a healer. Now, I know that that word meditate sometimes for some people is a churchy word. And, you know, I I like word pictures. And so uh, if I offend you, I apologize. But I tell people this. When you meditate on something, it's going over and over and over. And so for me, when I was teaching my kids and they were trying to understand meditation, they still didn't understand that. So I said, it's like when daddy chews a piece of steak. Like for me, I'm like, I spent all this money, so I'm going to enjoy this steak. And so I would cut my steak and I'd start chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing. Then I'd move it to the other side of my mouth and I'd chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it. I would chew that thing until it disintegrated in my mouth. Why? Because I wanted every flavor, every moisture, everything that I could get out of that piece of meat. That's what we need to do when, we come, when it comes to the word of God. We need to go over the word of God more and more and more and get it on the inside of us. Why? Because it will begin to produce when we do that. We want to meditate on God's word. And what happens is we become fully persuaded and the truth becomes our truth. Guys, I got news for some of us this morning. There's only one truth. This new deal where everybody talks about my truth, hopefully your truth is his truth because that's the only truth. The truth And I love it because when we move into God, when we call out to God, he always responds. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The Lord always responds when we we move toward him and inquire of him. I talk to people all the time. They're like, I don't know how to hear God. I don't know how to to sense and and know if, if God's if he's speaking to me, if he's leading me, let me encourage you. Pastor is in the middle of a great, great sermon series on Wednesday nights. If you 
haven't been involved, go online, watch those videos, but get here on Wednesday nights because there's some great practical teaching happening on Wednesday nights. You will grow and your life will be better for it. But God always answers when we call to him. And in spite of, um, in the story, in spite of the centurion, you know, focusing on his imperfections, because we all have them, he looked beyond them. He looked toward Jesus. He did not let his sense of unworthiness keep him from pursuing God. Why? Because God's faithfulness is not dependent upon our faithfulness. God is good all the time. In Romans 3, 1 and 4, it says, then what advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. Let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. And then Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Can I, can I be honest with you guys? There's no one in this room who's perfect. We all fall short. Pastor Allen and Joy, Miss Joy, I look up to them. I hold them in the highest regard, but they're not perfect. But we can't let our imperfections, we can't let where we fall short, where we miss the mark, keep us from pursuing an almighty God. God wants us to come to him where we're at today. I love that. You do realize God knows where you're at, right? I was talking to a young man one time, and uh, he got mad at me because I said, you know what, Jesus is always with you. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, just remember this, Jesus is in the room. Jesus is in the room. This was like on a, on a Wednesday, and I remember uh, that next Sunday morning, he came in, he was typing mad. And I'm like, man, what's wrong? What's going on, man? He goes, man, I was with this woman uh, this Friday. He goes, and we were about to get hot and heavy, and all I could remember was Jesus is in the room. <laughs> I'm like, good. What happened? He's like, I had to leave, man. I had to leave. <laughs> God is always with us. And you know what? He hasn't forsaken you. He knows where you're at. And he still is willing to accept you. But we have to make a move towards him. And the last thing here this morning, believe and acknowledge that there are no limits on the power of God and his word. There are no limits. That he's the God who makes the impossible possible. Determine in your heart to make him the priority, to draw closer to him, to come up close to him, and watch how he begins to change your world. When you get into the word, we have a promise from God that the entrance of his word brings light, brings understanding. And with understanding comes change, positive change, lasting change, change that will revolutionize your life. I want to end with this scripture. Romans 10, or this passage, 8 through 13 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. That is 
the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning I want you to know salvation, yeah, it's all about getting to know him as a personal Lord and Savior, but it's more than that. That from the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that he's still doing things. He's saving you in your health. He's saving you in your marriage. He's saving you financially. He's, he's doing great and wonderful things. So take the limits off this morning. Draw close to God and let him do something new in your life. Will you bow your heads this morning? This morning, we've unpacked a lot. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Derek? I've never known the Lord and I want to get to know this Jesus that you talked about this morning. That if he would be willing to accept me exactly where I am today, then I want to get to know him. Or maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I've known the Lord early on in my life, but I've gotten off the path. But today I want to change my course and come back to him. If either one of those two scenarios, if you fall in that category, you want to know him for the first time or you want to come back to him, with every head bowed and eye closed, I'm going to ask you as an act of faith, if you'll raise your hands and say, this is the day that my tide is going to turn. All right, I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put those down. You know, God, God sees those hands, but he also sees hearts. And we believe that today, today is your day. So as a church family, we're going to say a prayer that we say every week. So if you repeat after me, say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I am a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, I thank you for each and every man and woman and child in this place. Lord, I thank you that our best days are ahead of us, Lord. Father, as we commit to drawing closer to you, as we commit to prioritizing you in our lives, Father, I thank you that you're going to make the impossible possible from this day forward. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.